the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. We used to fight about that all the time. We used to fight about money. Um... Because, you know, I grew up with my dad telling me, oh, don't you give the church any money. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't tithe. I tipped God. Okay. I gave God a tip. Well, we learned about that in the marriage classes. We learned that, that we have different money styles. And you know, when you marry somebody, like one's a saver, one's a spender, almost every time. You know, you have different money styles. You know, Richard tipped God. You know, and he would go on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon to the bank and he would get a $5 bill that was crisp, like one of the brand new ones, so he could pop it really loud when it came by, when the, when the bucket came by. At least I didn't make change. <laughs> and so I was tithing, because back then we had our money separate, which is another thing when you're married, don't have your money separate, okay? you got to put it all together. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right. If you don't trust them with your money, then you should That's a whole other story. Okay, we were in a class, and the pastor goes, look, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for to split already. Because you've got your money, and I didn't have any money. Okay, she had money. So every time they talked about putting your money together, I'm like, you know what? That sounds great. We need to listen to that man of God, you know? That's the, that's the you know, like, how can I get my hands on that money? We used to go to Walmart, okay? We'd go, and we'd cut the cart, and Richard would put some stuff in, and I'd put some stuff in. But as soon as he wasn't looking, I'd put his stuff on one side, because I didn't want to pay for his. And I'd put my stuff on my side, right? Because he had two kids, a little kid. Like, I'm not paying for all that. So he put it over to the side. And so every time I came back, it looked like Moses had parted our basket. You know? And so when we would go to check out, I wouldn't even let him know my PIN number. Okay, we were married. I would not allow him to be like, did you see that link? Like really fast. Because I didn't want to, I mean, we were setting ourselves up for him. But anyway, so we, we tipped God, or he tipped God. He didn't believe in tithing. And I had never tithed before, but I thought, you know, I want, the Bible says, the only place it says, test me in this. You know, I wanted him to, my finances had never been good, so I wanted to have my finances right, so I wanted to, to test God. I was going to, you know, put him to the test. So, um, so Richard, so I was tithing, and my business started doing really well. Things started going really good, and he was watching all this going, huh, like, isn't that funny? Because he would get really upset at first. He'd say, that's as much as a light bill. And I was like, it's okay, it's God's money. I mean, God can do more with 90%. I didn't make that money. I did. You know, she's all like, no, I made this. Your business is tanking right now. I'm like, oh, and I get so frustrated. But but, but but God's 90, God can do more with 90% than you can ever do with 100%. So if you ever think you can't afford to tithe, you can't afford not to tithe. If you want your finances to change, that's a whole other thing. But but I know it changed for us. It changed our life by tithing. So, so I was tithing. Things were going really well. Richard's watching all this happen. And so one day he calls me and he goes, Hey, um, and then by this time we decided to put our money together. And so he calls me and he said, um, this week let's do 20%. Wow. And I was like, praise the Lord. Jesus, he is getting it. This man. And I go, what happened? What came over you? And he goes, let's double down on Jesus. <laughs> 
And I'm like, wait, what? He goes, your aunt's in Vegas. And I go, I go, Richard, you know this is not a wildly tied, right? Like, we're not tithing so we can get stuff back. He goes, go check the mailbox. I bet you won't get a big check. And I was like, Richard, this is about being obedient. I didn't know, okay? I knew Vegas terms, all right? I knew that. I'm like, man, double down on Jesus. We're going to get double for our trouble. But you know what? We just I'm like, man, bring it, Lord, make it rain, you know? Because uh, I'm just used to misting it up. But um, once we started tithing, we never worried about money again. There always seemed to be enough, you know, to, to, to pay the bills, to put food and on paper. On paper, it didn't look right. But, but and before that, before that, we never had enough money to do anything. We were always broke. So there's just something about the obedience of tithing and offering. Um, and how, if we can't give to God, how can we give to each other? You know, singles don't have to worry about that right now, but, you know, when you get married, you know, that was just one of those things that, you know, just one of those well, things. Well, just trusting God, and I guess all the areas. So, so what we, time do so, we have, man? Oh, actually, we're, I've already talked to you. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. He's <laughs> still trying to cut me off. Like, he'll oh. be like, right there, I want to start to get some Toke said two and a half more hours, so. <laughs> So, um, so we start going to marriage class and then we learn stuff like that men and women have money style differences, you know, um, that we have different love languages. Yep. Anybody heard the love language thing? Y'all know your love languages, married people? Okay. And single people, you know your love language? Okay. That's important. Those things really do matter. And, um, like, okay, so Richard's mom's love language was gifts. She just passed away, but her number one love language was gifts. And so Richard saw his mom and his dad. His dad gave his mom gifts. So he tried. My number five is gifts. All right. I do not care. I will buy my own stuff. Like, don't try to buy me something. And so I do not. Like, one time he gave me a quilt purse. Do I, I don't know. Y'all don't know me that good, but do I look like we'll carry a quilt purse? My mom has a quilt purse just like the one I got you. It's called re-gifting. Content, okay. I thought great idea. You know? So you need to know your know their 
love language. No, your love language. That's important because it's, we meet so many couples that we talk with and they tell us that they don't feel loved. After they're married a while, they're like, well, I don't feel loved because they're not speaking each other's love language. My number one love language is acts of service. Like, I love when Richard empties the dishwasher. He's like, baby, I will take a bullet for you. I'm like, mm -mm, all you gotta do is empty that That's all easy. That's all problem. But you know what? His number of love language is is um, physical touch. Okay, y'all, physical touch not my number one. So we have to be intentional. So I have to be like, give me a hand. One, two. You good? And she even counts out loud like that too. I have to remember. But you know what? We would argue about that because his is physical touch and quality time. He loves to have, you know, spend time together. And and so mine's acts of service. And he would get mad because he's like, why don't you just come in here and sit down and like rub my feet and watch the TV? And, and I said, because we have all these chores to do. <laughs> and so when he realized that, wow, if I help her with the dishes and if I help her with those things that make her feel loved, then she's going to want to come in here and have time. And then she has time to come and sit with me and watch TV. That still don't rub his feet because I'm not Jesus, okay? So, ain't rubbing nobody. So, um, <laughs> so we have love languages, money style, differences, all kinds of different things. Um, I remember when we went to Starbucks one time. Oh, gosh. And, um, well, Richard had never been in a Starbucks. Because I didn't own a laptop. <laughs> I didn't have a man bun or a beanie either. And um, I just go, you know, back in my drinking days, I wouldn't pay $5 for a drink. I am not going to pay $5 for a cup of coffee. All right. So we go to Starbucks and we're sitting in Thank you. Thank you. Hi. My brother. You are not there. getting a wife. You will not get a wife like you that. You speak that over you, that, man. You better perpetrate like you love Starbucks. <laughs> You just tell her later you don't like it. Okay, so we love our Starbucks, don't we, y'all? We love our Starbucks. So we go into Starbucks. I'm so happy I finally got him in there. He won't buy a drink or anything, and he's sitting there with his arms crossed, and he's angry. Just like in class. Yeah. And so next thing I know, he just gets up, and he walks out, like he leaves, like he walks out the door. And I thought, really? He's going to just go sit in his car. He got his Bronco, the white Bronco, and he drove off while I was sitting in Starbucks. And like 10 minutes later, I was so mad. And about 10 minutes later, yeah, he drives back up, and there he comes, walking in. With a cup of coffee in my bedroom. I walked through Starbucks like I, I own that place. I made sure everybody could see Malero. I'm like, 99 cents. And y'all, what you don't know either is when you get married, you have an invisible dictionary. Guess what? Everybody comes with this little dictionary. Y'all know, y'all are married. It's a little dictionary. It's full of all of these rules that you didn't know they were rules until you broke one. What a seed. Don't break those rules. <laughs> and it's just all the things that you ever learned in your life. How your parents taught you to do things. How your family did things. And and so, like, one time, well, we have a lot of housekeeping rules. Because <laughs> I'm acts of service. She's acts of service. So she calls me into the, the kitchen. And she's all like, baby, uh, what do we do when the trash can's this full? Right? And so I look at it, and my dictionary, easy. I'm like, push it down. Man, I pushed it down about a foot and a half. And I'm like, we're good till tomorrow or the next day. You know, like, Me, access service lady, I'm sitting there thinking, okay. How can he learn from this without me nagging him? So I thought, I know, I'll get Hannah. She's our daughter. 
but she's his biological daughter, but she's still female. She'll know. So I was like, Hannah, come in here and show your dad. What do we do when the trash can is that full? Like, show him. And you know what she did? She stepped on it. That was another six inches. I'm like, that is my girl. I teared up. I'm like, so proud of her. That was my girl. And then in our family, okay, so my family comes, my family is uptight, okay, they're, they're like, like scheduled things, I like to do things, and so we make the bed every day. My family, my mom said, if you make the bed every morning when you get up, that's good self-control, self-discipline, right? Any bed makers? Make the bed, not bed wetters, bed makers. <laughs> Any bed makers? Make the bed every day? Every day. Yes, you don't be proud, honey, be proud. Don't be shy. The reason I said put your hands high is so the rest of us could pray for you. <laughs> Because we did it normal in our house. We made the bed when people were coming over. Right? That's the normal way to do it. You don't want to waste that extra minute. Right? I just get up. Okay. We're going to be back here tonight. It's going to mess it up. You know, nobody told me about neat sleeping and messy sleeping. And, you know, like when I sleep, I've got to... You know, I've got to make got like six i got to have my legs sticking out to control the temperature of everything. Right? So his feet can breathe. Yes. Any feet breathers? Feet breathers? All right. All right. See? Um, and then I look over at her, and she's like, you can't even tell that she was even asleep in the next to me. I'm like, where did she sleep last night? I'm like, she goes, oh, right here. I'm like, you didn't even mess the bed up, you know? And well, so, because I was raised where my parents, okay, we had to... We had to do a military fold. Oh, no, no. All the sheets. No, no. Yes. It's so tight. I went to the doctor last week because my toes hurt. And the doctor's all like, do you have ball are you a ballerina? And I go, no. I said, doc, my wife makes the sheets so tight. I got to run and jump and point my feet and slide into the bed. And then it just lifts me up. Oh, and don't let the comforter go sideways on you at 2.30 in the morning. She'll just wake up out of a dip, sleep, and then close it underneath my neck, and I got comfort burn underneath my chin, and, I, and then she'll pop it up and burn, and nobody, nobody tells you about this stuff in marriage. Do you feel better? <laughs> okay, I guess I do. One of the things they talk about is that, that, and we need to know these things before we get married, you know, because um, women need seven non-sexual touches a day. Wow. We just need seven hugs and loves and like little squeezes and stuff like that, you know? And so, um, okay, stand up for a minute. Let me show you. I'm going to do a sample. Okay, so seven non-sexual. So that, like, that doesn't count. Okay, so seven. Counts for me. Love you. So like, let's just pretend like you're me washing dishes, okay? And then, it, and then the guy's supposed to just walk up, give a, <laughs> give a little squeeze, maybe a little kiss, and then you walk away. You don't touch anything else. <laughs> okay? Look, something Mary Coach like, mm -hmm. Because when I first met Richard, it was like being married to Mr. Grabby Hands. He was like, constantly, every time he came, I was like, oh, here he comes again. <laughs> Me all the time, like we're playing dodgeball in our own house, like constantly after me. <laughs> and then communication, you have to clarify content, right? You all know how to clarify content? So you speak back what it is the person said. So what you say is, so what you're saying is, so like, give an example. Okay, I do this to clarify content just to show y'all just how different we hear the exact same words, but it means something completely different, all right? Six words, all right? Let's just say that tonight y'all were all going out and your wife looks at you and says, 
these six words, I don't have anything to wear. What does that mean? Doesn't have anything new to wear. That's right. Has to go shopping. All right. The man says the exact same six words. I don't have anything to wear. What does it mean? Got to do laundry. Nothing clean. Don't want to go. So you can see just when you say those sayings, it means something completely different. And, and there's miscommunication. They always say that communication is the hardest part of marriage. But truthfully, it's miscommunication. Yeah. That's I think the that's our part. biggest part, isn't it? Because we communicate a lot. We talk all the time. But we miscommunicate or misunderstand what the other person is saying a lot. And so we have to say back. So what you're saying is, it sounds really corny. But let me clarify. Let, clarify, with, especially with text messaging nowadays and all that. Oh, my goodness. You think they said whatever? I mean, we've done like some of the funny. Okay. I, Smiley face. <laughs> Autocorrect. Oh my gosh. So the other day we're at the bank and we're running errands together and I'm going to run in the bank. Well, there's like a glass door or whatever. And so it's our day off and Richard's texting me and it says, and I can see him and I'm in this long line. I'm looking at him like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. And he's just looking at me like, and he, and he texted me, you look delirious. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, what? And he goes, I get back in the car and go, why do, why do I look delirious? And he goes, oh, I thought it said delicious. <laughs> yeah, delirious. Okay, so text messaging, that's the other thing. I mean, just make sure, you know, we, we, we have that miscommunication, right? Y'all ever miscommunicate on, especially text messages? Mm -hmm. Smiley face. <laughs> what was the thing that we were talking to Michael and uh, Heather about? Remember they were saying about text messaging? Oh, he used to call her up, and he and he goes, I used to love to, I, I would complain to him and say, you know, work is just so bad. And he goes, oh, if I was there, I would just give you a thousand kisses, and I would just rub your shoulder. And, and you and used to, got together. yeah, and you would just edify me and just talk to me about it. And now when I tell you that, you just give me a thumbs down, you know. <laughs> So we, when we first were going through a bunch of stuff with the, the, the drugs and the alcohol, the pornography and all of the things that we were trying to, to get better, but I didn't know how to communicate to Richard. We didn't know how to talk to one another. All I knew how to do was I, I would just yell at him and dishonor him and because a, man, a man's number one need is honor and respect. You know, but I didn't understand that. And I thought, you know, you haven't earned honor and respect. I'm not giving you honor and respect if you haven't earned it. And because I really thought that's how it worked. But you have to give that person Love them whether they deserve it or not when you're married. You have to choose every morning to get up whether they deserve it or not. And so I didn't know that. So I would try to yell at him and scream at him. I didn't know how to edify him. And it would just push him further away, make it harder for him. And we could never really talk about those things. But after a couple of years of not doing it right, when we um, started really just loving each other and unconditional love and and going to him and saying, you know what, I don't understand why this is happening to you. I don't understand. I don't understand the pornography thing. You know, I feel like a victim. But he, you must be a victim because somewhere along the way, something happened. You know, something must have happened for that to start it. And so when we started talking like that and we started getting really raw with each other and real, and that's what I'm saying before you get married even, is to be able to have some real conversations some good, wholesome conversation. But sometimes now in the world we live in, it's not all wholesome. we got to talk about some real-life issues. We've got some things that are out there that, you know, to and, deal with. You know, when she was all angry and up in my face, and 
uh, you know, disrespectful. And just, you know, and I can understand where she was coming from. She was coming from a place of hurt, you know. But to me, that's my world. That's how I grew up. I can I can handle that. You know, that's just you know, I'll just stonewall. I won't say anything. I won't talk. I'll just ignore you. You know, and uh, that's the world I was in. But when she started to come with me, at me with with honor and respect, and wanting to talk to me, and and I'm just like all these emotions just started coming out, and I'm just like. <laughs> And I start crying. I'm like, what's the matter with me? But, you know, these were just emotions that were just so far pushed down that, man, I hadn't had a chance to deal with them. And it was easier to walk away from a marriage than to deal with that pain and that hurt because it was just so painful. Um, if you can get to the raw, to the real, to the root, you know, when we, can, when we start praying with one another... And we just started, putting, and it wasn't like, dear Lord, please let Richard stop partying with his friends. And I'm looking out one eye, you know. Um, but when we really just started really praying and asking each other, what can I pray for you about? How can I pray for you? What are you dealing with? What are you going through? And we started getting really vulnerable with each other and praying. Things started really started to change. And God started working all kinds of things in our life. And, I mean, just like Thomas was saying, we've just had, God's given us so much favor with, with our marriage ministry. And sometimes we do stand-up comedy and go into churches and do like a comedy night. And um, we've done the Blended Family series. We got to do three marriage cruises and just talk about marriage. I mean, that's God. I mean, if we had quit, you know, if we had quit, we have never seen all the glory and all this goodness that God had for us. The devil was trying to stop us, you know. And he wasn't just trying to, to, to take us down. He tried to take us out. You know, we went through a five-year period where I lost my mom, I lost my father, I lost a sister, my other sister got sick and passed away, another sister died, my brother died, my niece overdosed, my best friend overdosed. I mean, y'all, when I tell you, it was the darkest time of our life, and here we're dealing with all these things, the devil had was trying to, to put an end to this, but if we can make it through that... You know, I'd say give you hope. I know you guys aren't married yet, but some of you guys are. But for, if you are married, to give you hope that you can get through things, you know. Um, but just know if you sign up for a project, too, it's hard. It's hard to go through all these things if you're not wholesome and prepared. You know, you might, it might, not everybody makes Not everybody has our story. You right. Know? And there's, so that was a downer. All right. So yeah. let's be happy for a second. Yes. Uh, there is a time in marriage that you stop living as me. And you will actually start to live as we. Yes. You know, isn't that good? And on average, that only takes nine to 14 years. <laughs> Never gets a round of applause. And you know what? Another statistic. The singles are like, what? wait a minute, I'm not even married yet. You mean I got nine to 14 years? And then when you first get married and you're all in that lovey-dovey stage, and then you get married, it takes 18 to 36 months for the tingles to wear off. So then now you're thinking, oh, it's going to always be like that. We're always going to be like, oh, there he is again. You know, and you 18 to 36 months and you're like, you know, it used to be, oh, I'll share a seat next to you. And then after that, you're like, I don't like the way you breathe. You know, and, and so. Why do you breathe like that? At all. So I can live? <laughs> um, so we're about to have to wrap this up, but you know, we were talking about the cultural differences, you know, my family is very Caucasian, if you can tell. Um, tiny whiteies. Richard calls them tiny whiteies, because they're uptight and white. And so his my family, his, 
his family, I told you, is Hispanic. He says they're Mexican, you know, and my yeah. mother-in-law's name was Palmira Delilah Santos. <laughs> and Palmira would come over, and she would get oh, yeah. on the front of my car, and she would lean over, and she would look at Sherry and go, so, Blondie. Blondie. <laughs> and she'd be like this, just like this, on the, on the hood of my truck. How's the honeymoon? <laughs> over. <laughs> would never just come to my house. Like, they, they call first. Okay, they have calendars, they have schedules. That used to crack, I, I didn't understand that, okay, because I'd see her, she'd have her, her uh, Franklin out. Back then, you had to write everything in a planner, you didn't have your phone. And she'd be like, oh no, mom, I can't do it on Wednesday. How about Thursday? Yeah, what time? No, I can't do one. Can you do 11.30? Oh, 11.30, that works. Okay, see you there. You know, ta-ta. <laughs> Open the door. It's your mother. When we had one of those opaque glass doors that you kind of see, you can't see through, but you can see if somebody was standing there. And she'd have her face just pressed up against it, you know. And uh, she'd be like, I see you in there. And I'd tell Sherry, we're like, don't move. Don't move. She's going to talk to And I was like, I hear you breathing. And I'm like, Richard, shh. I'm like, oh yeah, she can. I said, man, she's. I said, and she goes, Sherry, you say she's bluffing you, and I'm like, oh no, she's not bluffing. And I was like, Richard, this is our house. Like, we have our rules. You gotta tell your mother. You need to talk to her and tell her she can't just show hey, up at our house. If you don't open the door, I'm gonna climb the fence. I'm like, oh, man, she won't climb the fence. Man, she might climb the fence. You know, I mean, that's my mom. And, and I was like, you know, talk to her. Like, that, when you get married, you gotta have your own stuff, your own rules. You can't just have your mother-in-law coming over whenever. So I'm telling him, you know, talk to her. And, and uh, I'm like, my dad called my mom's bluff one time. And we still can't find him. <laughs> my mom didn't play. I'm like, man. So y'all are like, man, that, that gets Man, we are not messed up like them. We're <laughs> so going to have a good marriage. If y'all ever want um, to, if you have friends that are married or like in a bad relationship or, or you want to give them hope, there's, if you go to YouTube, there's Richard and Sherry's testimony. And, and they actually did a video of that fight, like with the with the drill. I mean, like not when it was happening, because that would be like cops. cops. <laughs> okay, so like later, like a reenactment. But then it shows, and it shows kind of like how we went from that to like how God. When it's a really great video, Richard and Sherry's testimony. So we just want to. We know we're out of time, but we just want to see if you guys had any questions about marriage or dating or not that we're the experts, but we'll hang sure, out with y'all. Yeah, we can tell you what not to do. <laughs> Wow, not everybody wants. Um, you guys said y'all were in multiple uh, marriages and all of that. My question is, did any of those people in the past, whether they were linked to children or not, did any of them come come back into your life, you know, uh, while you two were together and trying to work things out? Uh, well, tried. Wanted to. I mean, your ex-wife wanted to. No. <laughs> <laughs> She would have taken it back in a heartbeat. She, yeah, she would. Oh, well, I mean, it. the first week or two, but after that, yeah. Yeah. she had taken it back every day. And so, because um, see, women, we know these things, you know. She I would, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I just found out something new today. Nine to fourteen years. All right, so we're getting it. But, but um, I was my first husband. 
is who I have my daughter with. And so he's always been in our life because he's just, you know, we have a good relationship with him. He loves Richard and um, he's always been there. And, and he used to send, not when I was married to Richard, but the second husband, he would send me like letters and things like that or tell Tara, my daughter, to go home and tell your mom, you know, we need to work things out. Um, and then my, my husband, for Richard, I was married 15 years before I was married to Richard, and he would have, he wanted to get back together, you know, but we, we never ever had anything, I guess I'm not sure of the question, but they never came into our life and became a part like it separated us, anything like that, but I think they would, would have taken us back, probably. Does that answer the question, or? Yes. Okay. And I that question. One thing is, with my ex, I mean... We were we could we would go from zero to to a hundred like that for four years. I couldn't even talk to her. We were just so angry. Um, and Sherry would have to talk to her. And one of our pastors said, "Man, what you need to do is start praying for her." I'm like that was a that was so far removed. I'm like, pray for her. Are you? I'm like, I'm like, that's a pastor thing to say, you know. But we did. And what happened is when I, because it says in the Bible that when you pray that you're actually blessing somebody, and if they're blessed, they can't be cursed. And so we started praying and all of a sudden, you know, years later, but, you know, we invited them to go with us to Disney World. And if you would have told me that when we were in the heat of the argument of the, of the, the divorce and the hate and the, the spewing that just went back and forth, um, I would have never believed it, you know, but only through God can even that, even broken, you know, a broken marriage can surely mess up children, but a healthy, good marriage Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about OJ Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.